Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Adventures of the Dude podcast. I'm here finally with uh, my interview with Chef M, and that's what we're going to be doing today. So please introduce yourself, Mr. Hey, what's up, guys? So, (laughs) the first question I want to ask you is uh, what started your passion for cooking? Mm, Honestly, in high school, I was already thinking about getting married. Um, and this is a true story. Um, I just knew that I didn't want to have to depend on my wife to uh, cook. I wanted to be able to have my own skills and those things just in case she got like mad at me. Or, like I had to like survive yeah. off of TV dinners. As you can see, <laughs> what I'm eating right here. Yeah. Um, so I just thought that that may be something I need to know how to do. You know? Cool, that makes and, a lot of sense. And, my, uh, the crazy thing was um, I was taking uh, AP English 4 and I remember my English teacher, she kind of went around to each person and um, like whispered some inspirational thing in their ear before they graduated and then she told me that she wants me to uh, really take my uh, cooking seriously and so forth. And what was crazy about that is uh, I never told a, a soul that that's what I'm going to do in college because so many people expected me to go to school for music because I was a drum major and I was every, doing everything in band. And uh, for her to say that, and then she like died a year later, oh, I felt like it was something that I definitely wanted to make her proud with. So right. it was just random. That's but crazy. It really is. That's cool, actually. Mm-hmm. That's cool that that was like a big inspiration for yeah. them. Um, did you have any other passions that almost made you stray away from cooking and like what were they, you know? It was music. Music? Music. Um, in high school, all I cared about was band. All I cared, all I cared about was music. Um, and I knew I wanted to do music professionally. Um, so when it came up to culinary and um, music, it was actually pretty difficult for me so difficult that I went to two colleges at the same time and I went to UTA for music uh, where I was a music business major and then I went to the Art Institute of Dallas for culinary so I was going back and forth because I couldn't decide exactly what I wanted to do and um, the only reason I stayed uh, and focused directly on uh, food is because UTA's band sucked at the oh. time and it really bothered me uh, because they weren't like a family you know they weren't like in, in high school yeah we were like a family yeah. but in college everybody after practice they just went their separate ways so, oh, so it wasn't real intertwined like yeah that. and I that's what I looked for uh, in my band so yeah that was the one time that I almost like dipped from COVID yeah that's crazy how did you go to both of those at the same time how was that time management there was a um, Amtrak train uh-huh. that ran from Fort Worth to Dallas. Oh. So Arlington's right there in the middle. So you just get on that at the train station and it just shoots there. Damn. And um, with uh, culinary, you only had two classes there. I only had two classes there. One class was five hours, but it was only three days a week. Wow. And the other class was only an hour. So I just did all those cooking classes in the afternoon um, and then did my other classes in the morning. Oh, that's cool. That's actually really cool. So, uh, what are the hardest dishes you've had to make throughout your career? 
Um, hardest dishes I've had to make um, beef Wellington. Oh, I remember you really, telling us about that. Beef Wellington was actually extremely hard because you know it has a, uh, a puff pastry on the outside of it, mm -hmm. so um, you have to sear your beef tenderloin before that right. it's such an expensive piece of meat so when they tell you the price of it before you actually prepare it it freaks you out because you're like if you mess it up you just lost this amount of money and then they I had chef that would threaten it and say that they would take they're gonna take it out of my paycheck oh dang so I always say that to my students randomly and I'm like you know it's coming out of your paycheck right <laughs> and they're like what we're gonna pay it I'm like you know so yeah. I'm, it's just a random joke of mine because I remember that chef threatening and saying it's going to come out of my paycheck, uh, which it did twice. Dang. You know, uh, and that's a hundred and eighty dollar yeah. piece of uh, tenderloin. So that was pretty difficult for me, and just understanding that mushrooms have to be like kind of spread on it and wrapped, and then yeah. ensuring that it looks really good. I used to suck at doing egg washes, so oh, yeah. and then when they slice it in the middle of the check, it was, <laughs> it was well done, like. Worst thing ever, so. Dang. Or my line, my pink line would be down here and this whole top part is fully cooked. Ooh. So it was a bad look. Um, and it just made me really want to focus on getting that right. I can't lie, that's the hardest thing that I've had to like figure out, but I got it now. You got it down yeah. now? That's cool, that's cool that like, it took a while to get there, but you actually. Yeah, I mean, it's just about reps, man. Just constantly doing things over and over. And yeah. It should be cool. And after you, I bet you feel like a lot more confident after the second time you do it. Second time. Or like, after the uh, after you do it and you mess up and you realize what you did messed yeah, up. Yeah, I mean, it's just like you, if you let it beat you up, then you know you're probably gonna be, you know, you're gonna be down on yourself. Yeah. And you're not really gonna take it serious the next time. But I. After I failed at it, I was bothered that I failed at it. So yeah. I wanted to actually train and get good at it, right. you know, actually to make the chef proud and for it to not come out of my paycheck. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I bet that was a big motivator. Mm -hmm. um, are there any job opportunities that you had to turn down due to you not feeling ready? Um, sometimes, depending on the actual industry position, because I only interview for executive chef positions, uh, sometimes that can be extremely intimidating mm -hmm. uh, depending on the place that you're actually going to uh, because of how much staff is under you, how many chefs, you know, uh, how, how many people have been at that location longer than you. Right. As a person walking in and there's a person that's been there 16 years and they didn't get the position, oh. so now you walk in, the new executive chef, and then they're pissed at you the whole time. And they're kind of like battling you instead of working with you, you know. And then I'm in a position where I can actually technically let you go. Ooh, you know, it's yeah. it's a bad situation. Uh, so um, I I've had a few opportunities, uh, such as the Gaylord um, uh, in Grapevine. That was a uh, that's a resort, and that particular location, I had an opportunity to be an executive sous chef. Um, and I actually turned that down because of that climate that was going on. Right. So during my tour, some of the line cooks and everything were kind of like frowning and all uh, of that. And he's just like, I'm too grown. I don't want to yeah. necessarily work under those conditions. So it would have been a great opportunity, but I just like backed out of it because I didn't think the climate was really 
Right. It seems like a lot of unnecessary negativity. Man, I'll tell you, drama can make you <laughs> make some different decisions in your life. Like, yeah. you don't, if you want to deal with it, so be it. But, like, if you feel confident in yourself and know that you can get a job anywhere at the right. position that you want, and they have to pay that you want, but you don't have to deal with it. Yeah, you don't have to worry about that because right. you have more control over it. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, once you get to a certain spot in your career, do you want to branch out and do something else after cooking or while you're cooking? Yes. Uh, the good thing about cooking is I can do this at any point in my life, almost at any age. And yeah. I can jump back in whenever I choose because basically the way you get interviewed for higher positions is they ask you to cook for them. Right. So they will probably ask you to make a, a menu item or they will tell you you can walk into a refrigerator and pick anything out of it and you have an hour to make it. So that's why I train my students that way too because that's it's called a practical interview. So they'll do a face-to-face sit down and then all of a sudden a uh, practical interview you have to make basically cook them something. It's called a stage. All right. It's spelled like stage, but a stage is just a um, demonstration of what you can do. Uh, so if all else failed, I honestly want to do voiceover for Pixar. That would be really cool. Like, Voice that's, acting? That's my ultimate dream job. If somebody hired me today, I would unfortunately leave you straight <laughs> up. I'm, I'm just telling you. Hey, that's, I would too. That's what I want to do for the rest of my life. If I could just get a sound, build a sound booth in my house and uh, do my my voice over and then send it to them. It doesn't matter about pandemic yeah. or anything or anything crazy yeah, that happens. Yeah, because it's just voice acting. You yeah. have to be there. And then I don't want to be on screen. I just want yeah. my voice to be there. I feel like you could do really good at that. Yeah, so that's something that I really want to do if I could. That would be so fun yeah. to just... And then we can talk about it. It's like, yeah, I don't know about your chef, but ours, you know, and also does voice acting. It's just right. it's a little, you know, it's a little something cooler than But see, yours. the crazy thing about... about jumping careers like that is I like to give an example if you were on a cliff right Mm -hmm. and you know the bottom of that cliff is extremely far but you will live you won't be injured and the bottom is water all you have to do is jump with a blindfold on Uh. that's extremely anxiety driven and that's how I feel about things like people are afraid to jump off of a high dive even though it's safe Right at the base, you know, and be, yeah. you'll be okay. Um, that's that stopped me in a lot of opportunities. I was on the second season of Hell's Kitchen. What? Um, as far as the interview process, oh. and the problem was they asked me to drop everything and go to California. Well, for me, I mean, I'm gonna be in California for three months, but for me, I just signed a lease on my new apartment. I just started right. a new job. Uh, I have a car that I have a car <laughs> payment with, and I can probably say at that particular point in my life, I would have probably got eighth place, maybe max fifth place, just because of my attitude right. um, and my skill level at that time. So that means I'm coming back to nothing. My job is gone. I have no apartment because I left it, right. uh, and I have to go live with my mom at the age of 23. Not happening. So. You know, but that's a high dive moment. I should have just taken a chance right. and see what comes from it because the TV exposure could have got landing me jobs in right. different places and having that on your resume saying, well, you probably saw me on season two yeah. of uh, Hell's Kitchen and you can kind of see my work. That's crazy. You know, or having Gordon Ramsay as your reference. Yeah. You know, like that's- like you got all of those 
And it's not just Gordon Ramsay there. It's, you know, he, his sous, his mm -hmm. executive sous chefs. You got so many different people there that could really vouch for you at that time. And I didn't see it that way because I only saw the distance. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you don't think that it's just a temporary right. off moment. And you just have to kind of acclimate afterwards. That's awesome. That's, yeah. cool. That's a crazy opportunity. Crazy, man. Well, the last part of our podcast is I have a little segment called Off the Rail segment where we just talk about whatever we want to. So if you got a topic you want to talk about, then let's, let's talk about it. I mean, you can talk about anime if you really want to. I mean, we can uh, talk about anime. I mean, we can talk about some anime. Ooh, uh, so any, what's going on with your anime news today? Uh, so right now I'm Dragon Ball Super and okay. Boruto. Uh, okay. Caught up on the manga, caught up on the anime. Nice. I'm on One Piece right now, oh, uh, episode God. 268, you know. Out of I got infinity? A, yes, I got a <laughs> long way to go, but right now, I mean, Boruto and Dragon Ball Z, man, it's where it's at. Vegeta got his uh, power up, you know, oh, yeah. fighting, yeah, fighting uh, Granola, you know, Ultra Ego. You know. <laughs> that name is so nice, and compared to uh, Ultra Instinct, which yeah. is cool, but he said... Kakarot um, can have his silly transformation, but um, I guess you can say mine is uh, Ultra Ego, and it yeah. was in bold black. Dude, I was like, oh. that's just cold because it's it like is. it's my thing, bro, and it fits him so perfectly. It fits him like Vegeta has an ego. <laughs> yeah. He always says his Saiyan pride, my Saiyan pride. Like <laughs> yeah. that's all he cares about, and so, he calls himself Prince Vegeta. And you know how fixed, like you know how weird that is. His dad, once his dad died, you became king. But you only see yourself as prince. Wow. Like, my mind is blown that he keeps calling himself prince. I guess, but he's got that, like, still mentality yeah. that, you know what I because mean? Because his head, he he hasn't moved past the explosion of his yeah. planet. That's what it tells yeah. me. Like, yeah. remember I got my master's in psychology, so I think <laughs> of his trauma. <laughs> he, hasn't, yeah, yeah. he still has PTSD from... The explosion of his yeah, plan. Probably. But then they just name drop Goku's dad yeah, in the manga too. right now. That's insane. They name drop. So I feel like this next, this whole next arc is getting ready to do a back. They're going to do uh, like a flashback yeah. from that Namekian's point of view of how Bardock helped yeah. help them. And yeah, then Granola's going to team up. I do. Yeah. I and Freeze's going to have some random power up oh, and uh, team up with those space pirates. And um, fight against all of them, and then Granola's probably gonna die because yeah. his life is short. Yeah, Frieza with a new form because, though. Like, what is Granola? Gonna, what he, they, he wished for like have the ultimate power. The only downside is his life energy basically depletes oh, yeah. when he gets stronger. So he has like three years of life left. Oh yeah. dang, that's so, crazy. And his whole thing is against Frieza, honestly, but he doesn't understand the backstory that. Frieza forced them to yeah. do that. Right. Like, technically, Saiyans were slaves. Yeah. yeah. But people also sleep on the fact that Beerus is the one that told Frieza yeah. to do it. Beerus said the Saiyans are too oh, unstable. They don't know, though, right? Yeah. Nobody, nobody knows nobody, that. That's crazy. But I remember him he just said, like, kind Frieza of knows that. that. Yeah. Frieza knows that, but he's the one. He Remember, uh, Beerus told Frieza to watch out for Majin Buu, never encounter Majin Buu, and it. Frieza's dad told him the same thing. Never encounter Majin Buu if you ever run into him. Right. And But Beerus is the one that said, Frieza, you basically need to end this planet because yeah. the Saiyan's power can just keep going. Right. right. It's no way 
you can actually stop it. I wonder what changed his mind, or like about because you know he's talking to them now. He's like you know in contact with them. Yeah, at the beginning of uh, beginning of Super, he had a dream about uh, Super Saiyan God, and that's why he wanted to find all of them. Yeah, because one of them had the power. Right. Basically, give him a good fight. But now oh, they're so way. But now they're like way past Super yeah. Saiyan God, and Beerus right. is like cool with everybody yeah. on Earth as long as you bring him food. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so yeah, it's just like. I also think that that main angel is still evil. I still think it. The one the, that the guards Zeno. Uh, Zeno. The, the father. Yeah, I think he's still evil. And then the angels are gonna have to team up to fight him. But they're not gonna be able to fight him. So the gods of destruction are going to try to yeah. get their assemble their best. And remember, oh. the tournament of power. Three planets did not enter because they were considered too strong. Three universes. Yeah, sorry, three universes. And if you think about it, they revived all of them. And I don't know how member how many uh, we said, but there was already some universes that were already gone. So they're back now. So so that's like a whole that is like a whole another level to everything. I wondered when they did that, that would they bring back uh, Planet Vegeta? But they didn't. And I was wondering when Vegeta was going to go to Universe Six. To see their planet, yeah. Vegeta. I've always, always wanted to see that. Mm-hmm. That would be really cool. Yeah, it's it's so much now. They can do this for yeah. like twenty more years, yeah. just because they open it up with the universe. And then That's the so new, awesome. The new episode of Boruto. I mean, now like the month. Yeah. It's getting good. Ooh. It's getting good. Um, the only thing I didn't like about Boruto in the beginning was that it was messing with aliens. Yeah. Uh-huh. And they were still like making Naruto and Sasuke save the day. Uh, yeah. But then I had to give respect for one uh, was that in Naruto Shippuden they did the same thing. Yeah, where yeah. Third Hokage it, saved uh, Kakashi was always saving them. Uh, yeah. Guy was saving them, you know. Yeah. So they had the generation before that was saving them. And the only downside is they are still nerfing Rock Lee. Yeah, I, that is so annoying, dude. After but watching Rock the Lee first show, yeah. But check this out: if you read the Hedon novels. Um, they actually talk about the stuff that they don't talk about in the manga or the anime. So this is what happened. When Naruto got married, uh, right before the wedding, Rock Lee attained uh, Seven Gate. Oh, okay. He attained Seven Gate. Then, God trained him on his hands. That's how cold Guy is. Yeah, Guy is... He trained Rock Lee level, while fighting on his hands and got him to Eighth Gate. So Rock Lee could be in a. I mean, isn't so a. So you're day. saying that he could do it, but he could not do die. It. No, no, he he still oh, dies. Okay. But he he now has the power to obtain right. a gate, which is still weird to me because I'm like, how do you ever get to a gate and actually do yeah. it without dying? Yeah. I don't know. Plot, right? Yeah. But yeah. this is the other thing. Um, they purposely left Rock Lee out of this uh, Ishiki fight because uh, Taijutsu is the one thing that could actually beat him. Yeah, because it can't be caught. Yeah. yeah, you can't, you can't. Or absorbed. Yeah, you can't do anything about that. So, so remember too, when they, they did this uh, in the pain arc, remember they made Rock Lee, they made Mike Guy away from the village yeah. because it was nothing that pain could do besides the, uh, the pull and the push yeah, right. um, that could hurt Mike Guy. Because Mike Guy could have just easily yeah. just said seven great. Yeah. Dude. So they just left him out because it would make 
that's the only way you can basically uh right. and then a pitch picture if neji was there like and neji oh. was looking not. at like chakra yeah, chakra crazy. threads and so forth like if if he was there in the paint arc i mean uh, like he could have seen. I don't know if he read the new chapter, but Sasuke's new armor looks kind of His new what? Armor? Oh, what, isn't it the compact? Uh, mm-hmm. I forgot what it's called. I don't know if you read it. I'm not gonna. Have you read the new chapter yet? The wait, 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 new chapter. I don't know if it's new, but I've like seen videos seen about it. I haven't, re- about. I haven't read it, but like, you know, when he activates his basically like giant like. Purple. I, I don't remember what it's Susano? Yeah. Yeah, it's but a compact Susano. Yeah, it's uh, like compacted on his like body. Oh, I haven't seen it. Yeah, that that must be a spoiler that they yeah. popped out because new chapters yeah. come out on the twentieth. Um, so that's why I was like, what? <laughs> imagine. <laughs> I, I, I try not to look at spoilers because yeah. it yeah. it throws me off of everything, um, and then I only try to read up to what has been uh, shown already. Yeah. So, That's crazy. But Man. yeah, so Rock Lee, they said once the time skip happens, um, because it's getting ready to happen, I personally feel like Sasuke or Naruto have to die. Yeah. yeah not Naruto now. They're not going to kill Naruto because Kurama died. So since Kurama's dead, yeah. they're going to leave Naruto alone. It's going to be Sasuke. It's, it has if, to if, be. If, if, if you think about it, if you remember like at the beginning of Borto. Yeah, Borto had his sword, his cape, and, and his... Uh, his uh, headband. Headband. That's crazy. I haven't, I haven't started Boruto yet. They name so dropped Naruto, but not Sasuke at the beginning. They said, I'm going to... I don't know how to say his name properly. Kwabe? Uh, Kawaki? Kawaki? Yeah. Oh. He name dropped Naruto. And he's like, I'm gonna, he told Boruto he's going to send Naruto. He's going to send Boruto to where Naruto was. So maybe he's like in another like dimension thing. Yeah. But I wonder... I've been thinking about that lately. Like, what leads up to that or what are the events that caused both of them to, to be fight? honest I think, or, or who is like the negative side of it you know what to I mean? be honest i'm kind of torn because like they could easily become a naruto and sasuke but I'm, i don't know which one could be what because like there's yeah. a possibility that kawabe could be it or there's a possibility that boruto could be but it. see kawaki can only be it if he's remember he's still a vessel mm-hmm. um that's that's the thing even though you've been implanted and it's been erased you're still 80 percent uh osuki right mm-hmm. now so, basically, I think Kawaki's been taken over by somebody. He has to be. Because, remember, um, he's, he loves Naruto. There's yeah. no reason yeah. that he would go against yeah. Naruto. There's nothing but that But then again, that. Boruto just got... I mean, I haven't read that far into the manga, but I've read to, like, where the point the anime is. Yeah, Boruto is still 80% too. Yeah. So, he... See, Kawaki's 80% and it stopped because he doesn't have the karma seal anymore. But Boruto is 80% and it's still going because he has his karma. So he can be taken over by, by Momoshiki at any point. Yeah. Uh, but it just, I don't know, and man. And Momoshiki is the one that uh, Naruto and Sasuke fight. Yeah. You know, like that movie? Yeah. That, dude, that fight scene? Yes. Yeah. So but see, Naruto got, I hope Naruto, why he doesn't have Karama? Because Karama was like, look, you're not going to be like having all this superhuman strength anymore. Yeah. I want Naruto since you have a pack with the other tail beasts, right? Yeah. Alright, well thank you for the interview, Chef no Ram. That was pretty that was pretty dope. So I'm wow. sorry, I, I nerd out a lot when it's talk starts going <laughs> into anime, so just that was awesome. you guys know. Alright, thank you all for listening and goodbye. <laughs>